coming to you live from the centre of the universe at the border between the light and the dark, Castle Grayskull. My name is Bruce, and for countless ages I have kept this universe in harmony, but the armies of darkness do not rest, and the capture of Grayskull is ever most in their minds. With For those with... What? For with those <laughs> that control Grayskull... And he writes this well. one. I know, exactly. <laughs> Will come the power, the power to be supreme, the power to be almighty, the power to be the Ten Point Podcast. Yeah, with me in the end <laughs> in Eternia today. First, you minute minion, I have you to blame for all these troubles. It's Chris. <laughs> uh, I can't think of what Grildor said. I was going to say this is something funny there. Hi, Saturday. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Good Johnny. <laughs> Uh, and secondly, I ache to smash you out of existence to drive your cursed face from my memory forever. It's Andy. I've got a pretty good one that time. <laughs> uh, good journey. Uh, we are the Ten Point Podcast. You can listen to us everywhere that you get podcasts and all that nonsense. This is a podcast. You must know where you get podcasts. It's probably where you're listening to us. You can also find us on YouTube. We are Ten Point Podcast over there as well. And you can see video versions and also get audio versions oh, depending on the well, week. Well, I remember. I'll ask you now, completely unhinged. So, obviously, Facebook and Instagram and all that went down last week, okay? It was dark time, so our Facebook listeners probably couldn't get our podcast if they listened to it on Facebook. So I was thinking, what do you think if I set up a Pornhub account for the (laughs) podcast? Up on there as well. Because apparently Pornhub went up like about a million percent on usage when (laughs) Facebook went down. So I feel like if we're on there... uh, yeah, at least people can always get us no matter what. It'll be more people watching us if nothing else. <laughs> so uh, I feel like the first three seconds might get a lot of views. So how long the intro lasts? Maybe, maybe that point. Then our faces pop up and that's it, screwed. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, so maybe over there, but also on YouTube and social media, as Andy mentioned, our, our Facebook uh, and on Twitter, uh, 10 Point Podcast. Uh, all the letters, no numbers. 10 Point Podcast beginning with a T over there. And you can join our cult over at 10pointpodcast.com. Donate over there. Send us beer money, sponsor money, or whatever you want to, us to do with the money money uh, over there. And there's other reviews and articles and stuff on there and links to all the podcasts if you're having trouble finding them on other ones. But they're quite easy to find. Uh, and that's us. And what have we, the trio of the 10 Point Podcast, been watching in the last week? Uh, well, we've listened to Andy before the podcast, what he's been watching. So I'll start with Chris because I, I know what Andy's watched. So Chris, what have you watched in the last week? Uh, I watched a, a series of like short films from director Neil Blomkamp. Oh, that's what okay. I was going to watch. I forgot to watch that on Netflix. Uh, studios. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the only like the only thing I problem I found it is like they're half an hour. Some of them, some of like ten minutes, but they're like one and done. So you start getting invested, and you're like, oh, this is great, and yeah. then that's it. It's done. This was what he was meant to make before, like, when the alien rumours were going on again. And then yeah. they basically shit-canned him, so he decided to do these again. So okay. he's basically oh, directed, like, never get to direct. Ah. Okay. How many in total is there, then, Chris? I think there's ten, but like, you get a couple that are, like, 20 minutes, some are, like, 30 minutes, or some are, like, three and six minutes. <laughs> uh, the the God ones are good, with uh, Shalta Copley and the, the other guy from uh, District 9. <laughs> right. Pretty good. Right, okay. uh, let's give them a watch. Have a look we, did, we blasted through them in a day. Me and Nicola, they're quite good. Cool. Um, I've also started uh, a Middle Earth marathon, and right. I'm going to put them in order at the end once we're finished of Thingy. So, so starts far the, the best one. Hmm? <laughs> it starts with the Hobbit, doesn't it? Not the order. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So about the Hobbit. Yeah, unexpected adventure so far. Yeah, the best one is two towers, without a doubt. That's the best. Yeah. Well, we'll see when I get finished. In my mind. I do have an affinity for The Hobbit, but then like there's an extra two films worth of story in there, so that kind of takes it down. But yeah, personally, I think The Two Towers as well. Uh, Andy, we, we've heard before the podcast what you've watched. What have you watched in the last week? Fuck all. Or if I did, right. I forgot. Because <laughs> I cannot remember what I've been watching. The TV's definitely no. been on, but I don't know why it's been on the TV. You didn't. Uh, you didn't watch. Uh, what was it? You were threatening to watch the Silent Hill sequel at some point. Then you didn't get. Oh, that, that was Chris. No, I've not watched that yet either. Oh, Chris. Well, yeah, I've not watched that either. <laughs> See, it's uh, one of them weeks. Last... Uh, what did we watch last week? Oh, it was Tremors. Didn't watch any of the Tremors movies or anything. No, no that didn't even get me yeah. excited for more Tremors. No, I think it just Masters well, of the <laughs> Universe. Just, just the news for Andy this week then. Yeah, uh, is all. <laughs> 
Uh, buy your Christmas presents now. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I've not got a lot either. Uh, I've watched all of Squid Game except the final episode, oh, which is uh, oh. unfortunate for, for podcasting. But uh, very good so far. I very much like it. A couple of the storylines are kind of going a, a good direction, and a couple of them are just like. <laughs> How are you watching it? Are you watching it with Korean and English subtitles, or are you watching it English dubbed? Well, I wanted to do subtitles. I do like the subtitles, which I feel like I could have I could have got away with. Uh, but Jade also wanted to like do other stuff while it was on, so she didn't have to pay one hundred percent attention to it. So I thought, well, go dubbed, and it actually is probably the best dub thing I've ever See? watched. Like that, I knew it. I had a feeling about the, it. The English like words to how the, it, they must have changed the script a bit because sometimes oh, they did. Apparently, something. the Koreans are kicking off saying that it's now a shit TV series. Right. Okay. Apparently, a lot of things are like. Um, changed and like a lot of kind of yeah. they do like clues and hints and stuff like that all the way through as well and apparently like, you don't get any of that in the dub version because they took it all out but I am now so spoiler for about three quarters of the way through Squid Game if you've not made it yet I'm a bit disappointed it went dubbed because the scene where the VIPs walk in and they're all speaking English yeah which I'd, exp- which I'd experienced that. Like, I've watched however many hours of this in subtitled Korean for then someone to be talking in English. <laughs> like, oh, my God, that would have been so good. But uh, yeah, I'm fine with the dubbed anyway. It's not a bother. So, yeah, one to go to find out whether good. whether my main man wins or not. So uh, I'm excited. That'll probably get, might get done tonight. I don't know. I wonder what the last game's going to be. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's taken over the world, has Squid Game, and it's, it's going to be... The Halloween costumes are going to be everywhere in about three years. <laughs> Everyone's going to be yep. Uh, and the only other thing I watched this week, I've never forgotten off of my head. Oh, yeah, I was doing some more Wes Anderson films, so I made it to the Darjeeling Limited, which oh, was uh, Adrian Brody, <laughs> Owen Wilson, and Jason Schwartzman on a train. And uh, it is actually not worth your time. It is rubbish. I told you. Uh, He's shit. <laughs> but I think I tried to watch that one before and got about 20 minutes into it and gave up. But I think I'm at the exact same point this time. <laughs> I was like, I'm not feeling this, but I need to stick with it because it must be it must be good. Nah, it's not worth it. It's it's not one of the better ones, so don't don't bother with that. Um, I think that's it. We better crack on. We've done a wee bit of talking there, and we've not actually had a lot to talk about. So on to point one on the ten point podcast. Point number one. What is the point? The point of the podcast is the 1987 action adventure fantasy sci-fi film Masters of the Universe, brought to us by the Canon Group. Golan Globus Productions and Edward R. Pressman Films. We've not done anything involving them before, but things like some Superman sequels, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Cobra, your kind of 1980s sort of action fair, and that's kind of what they're behind. This film, coupled with another disaster around this time, pretty much shut down more than one of those companies. Uh, this this was the end for them. Uh, Masters Universe's uh, poor business. Uh, that's why they've not got much in the way of massive films. Masters of the Universe, based on the Mattel line of toys, which then became a comic and became an animated series. Uh, and then this film was based on all of that, one way or another. Uh, written by David O'Dell. Big writing credits on his CV are The Muppet Show. Yeah. <laughs> then he went from there, clearly, to The Dark Crystal, which is a bit more in between He-Man and The Muppet Show. He did a, a Supergirl movie I'd never heard of from the 1980s, uh, and then he wrote Masters of the Universe movie. There were a couple of uncredited rewrites, uh, including the director, Gary Goddard. This was the only feature he ever directed uh, was Masters of the Universe. <laughs> and his best, according to the internet, his best thing he ever uh, directed was Jurassic Park The Ride pre-show video. <laughs> yeah, pretty good video, that. Get you, get you pumped. <laughs> Uh, and he is the man behind the television series Captain Power, which I don't know if I've heard of, or this nope. is very similar to other television series. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Uh, we'll go away from Gary Goddard, because he was involved in Me Too, uh, so he's got allegations uh, directed at him, so we will not Chris me keep too much, not too much credit on old Gary Goddard. <laughs> uh, Master of the Universe stars Dolph Lundgren, known for being in Rocky Four. This was his first leading role in Masters of the Universe, Masters of the Universe. Since then, he went into the 1980s version of The Punisher, then Universal Soldier, Johnny Mnemonic, The Expendable series of films, Sharknado 5 Global Swarming, I had to mention that. Yeah. <laughs> and then recently Creed 2 and Aquaman, and is going to be in like the Aquaman sequel and uh, another sequel to Expendables, I think it is, and all that. So the series that he's found his role in, he's sticking with. Uh, co-starring with Dolph is Frank Langella, who I did not recognise the name, but his name kept coming up in all my kind of pre-reading for this film, and then I found out, oh, that's who he is. Uh, his ma- first big acting role I could find on screen was Dracula in 1979, and that was the only big thing before Masters of the Universe, and then he's been in things like, this is one end of the other, 
Junior. Uh, that's <laughs> I watched that quite recently, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Superman Returns. Then he played Nixon in Frost Nixon. Then he was in The Box, a film called Robot and Frank. I don't know if that's a documentary because yeah, it's Frank. I don't know if he, he plays Frank in it. And then the film Draft Day. Then he was in the American television series uh, for nearly its whole run. And recently he was in The Trial of Chicago 7. He was the evil judge yeah. in the trial of chicago seven who i hated in that film <laughs> in a good way uh, he would have got a best bail end nomination <laughs> uh, frank have for that film and uh, there are two main stars i'm not going to head down to courtney cox's cv because she uh, she was not billed as being one of the stars of this film when we get to her in the future uh where are we now Masters of the universe on a budget of 22 million dollars opened in the u.s for five million dollars it was third in its opening weekend it was behind a bond film and something that escapes my memory final u.s gross 17 million dollars worldwide gross i could not find a number <laughs> anywhere so i i it did do well in america I clearly didn't even make its budget back and it's it's, it's Quite a high budget, I guess, for the eighties, twenty odd million. Uh, but yeah, it was. It was uh, not like twenty million money. gets you a lot. Yeah, uh, compared to some films these days. The eighties films were making back then, so it did get a worldwide release as it was released on Boxing Day in the UK. So it definitely came out. Uh, but it was released on the seventh of August, nineteen eighty-seven, in America, uh, for its, its poor opening. That means it's uh, the nineteen eighty-eight awards season for it. It won two awards. Did Masters of the Universe. <laughs> I, I know how Chris's rating is going already by his face. <laughs> <laughs> I can't work out the first. So at the Saturn Awards, which I, did, I might start nominating as our go-to awards <laughs> ceremony, the Saturn Awards, 1988, Gary Goddard, director, won the Silver Scroll for Outstanding Achievement, and in this film was credited. So it wasn't like, oh, he's done really well in his career, or because he only ever directed this film. So this won something at the Saturn Awards involving the director. I'm not really sure. But the other award it won was Best Special Effects at the Fantasporto International Fantasy Film Awards in Portugal. That was Yay. the other award. I don't think it's a major award. It did have five losing nominations. It lost uh, two Best Science Fiction Film nominations, Best Costumes, and Best Special Effects. And its final nomination was at the 1988 Razzie Awards. Nominated for Worst Supporting Actor, Billy Barty. Uh, he played Gwil, Gwildor? Gwildor? Oh, that's a bit harsh. Yeah, I thought that was extremely hard. Because <laughs> I see Razzie Awards one nomination. I'm like, ah, that explains it. Wait, Supporting Actor? Oh, right, Billy Barty. Uh, <laughs> He lost to David Mendenhall in Over the Top. That's the, the arm wrestling film. I don't know if you've seen it, but I'm certainly aware of it. It's like Rocky, but it's arm wrestling, essentially, is what Over the Top is. Uh, so, yeah, not massively, massively successful. But it did actually win two good awards, yeah. rather than winning two Razzies. It's more than some of the films. I'll take it. <laughs> Masters of Synopsis, written by Claudio, not yet read by me. Claudio says... On the planet Eternia, Skeletor and his dark army overthrow the sorceress of Castle Grayskull, expecting to acquire her power. He-Man, his old friend Duncan, man-at-arms, and his daughter Tila are attacked by Skeletor soldiers, and they defeat them. They also rescue, rescue their prisoner, the inventor and locksmith Gwildor. He explains that he was lured by Evil Lynn and that used his invention, the cosmic key, to open the gates and seize the Castle Grayskull. He-Man and his friends retrieve the prototype of the Cosmic Key, trying to release the sorceress, but they are defeated by Skeletor and his army, and Gwildor uses his key to open and portal for them to flee. <laughs> they come to Earth, but lose the key. Meanwhile... Reads it as it pops up. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's almost like one more. <laughs> Julie Winston, who grieves the loss of her parents in a plane crash, and her boyfriend Kevin Corrigan, find and activate the key, believing it is a foreign musical instrument. On Eternia, Evelyn locates the Cosmic Key and Skeletor sends her with a group of mercenaries and soldiers to vanquish Hehan <laughs> and his and bring the key back. <laughs> Will they succeed? <laughs> That's why she struggled to find them. It's like, go look for Hehan. <laughs> um, uh, Andy, you picked Masters of the Universe. Can you give us a brief reason why? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it fits the theme and that was about it. We've not done Dolph Lundgren, I thought this is, we need this, and also technically it's our spooky season, so I decided this this film is terrifying. It has terrifying moments, I'll say that. Uh, how about you, Chris? Had you seen this before? I had, but not since I was like like 
or 10 or 11. I tell you what, it's matured since, since then. I I think this film has unlocked memories in my brain. Like, <laughs> I, I'm older than you, so I would actually be born before this came out, which you guys, I think, would be too young. You'd be younger yeah. than the film. So I, when I was very young, I forgot to actually double-check with my, with my dad, because I think he would know best. I think I used to watch the, the He-Man animated show when I was younger. And I, watching this film, the, the, Andy's got the ribs behind him. I vividly remember that scene of Gildor. Yeah. I'm like, I have seen this before. And I think I have, like, because that's quite early on. I think I must have watched the film thinking, oh my God, it's Masters of the Universe. It's He-Man movie. And then realizing this is nothing like the animated show. Yep. And then just stopped watching it, I think. So I yep. don't think I've ever seen the whole thing. I remember him flying about on the kind of hoverboard and that's it. I remember the ribs bit and then the hoverboard. And nothing in between it. Something about that rib scene. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so well, I said I said last week on the podcast, this was the film that I first got introduced to, like fried chicken. I'd never <laughs> seen fried chicken before, and I was like, I need that. Like I would be young watching this, but like this film was terrifying as a kid because, I, like I said, like you, I would be watching the cartoon. Then my mum was like, "Oh, right, he watches the cartoon. We'll put this on." And it is—it's a fucking horror show for a kid to watch. I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I remember being freaked out. Yeah, um, and I'd have watched it. Well, we always jokingly talking what channel we were on. I watched this, and at the age where I watched it, it would have to be on one of the four main channels in the UK. So this must yeah. have been BBC or yeah. Channel Four or something like that. Was when I watched it because I didn't have any fancy movie channels. Yeah, when I watched, same. So it's, so I think yeah, probably first TV airing of it I probably watched. Um, on to point two, then, what we thought the high points were of Masters of the Universe. Andy, you picked it. Why don't you uh, give us an early one? I will give you a spoiler. I don't think I've got anything in the early going that's a high point. Uh, so you can uh, right, get some early fine. ones. Well, once you get past the ridiculously long intro, which I'll bring back my old intro thing, normally when they put intros up, you know it's a bad sign that people are going to tune off. That's why I've always kind of rated films. However, it did kind of draw me in because the music was quite quirky and I was like, what's going to go on? And nothing actually happens, which is... I got like Superman vibes from the theme. Oh, definitely, oh, yeah. yeah. And so I was just watching, I was like, what? something happens here. I was like, nothing actually happens. However, my first high point is the kind of like, the whole start, it sets up like, oh, there's a big war going on here in like Eternia. I was like, what is this place? Oh, there's He-Man straight off the bat. It's like, all right, he's He-Man. And then, then it kind of goes downhill from there. I think I... <laughs> I think I remember, again, I'm, I'm trying to remember what I was thinking like 20 odd year ago, maybe 30 year ago. I think I remember being confused with the fact that why is He-Man like leaving Castle Grayskull? And yeah. why, is, why is Skeletor in charge of like that again would confuse but me. Yeah, like, as, like yeah, if you watch the cartoon, it's like, because he's a prince, he's not He-Man straight away. But they, yeah. they've blown their load straight away. He's just He-Man, he's never the prince. <laughs> it's like, not once does he ever go back into it, he's just He-Man through and through. And it's like, all oh, right, yeah. this could be this could be pretty good. And then, like I said, it rapidly goes downhill quite quickly. <laughs> uh, again, I have nothing for a while yet. So, well, my me. first one is uh, this will please Andrew. Uh, Living in a box pops up. Aye, like what a song! It just brings back memories of like playing GTA with you and, and just constantly singing it. <laughs> Living in a box. I have, I have nominated for best song "Living in a Box" by Living in a Box from the album "Living in a Box." Yeah. My, my nomination for <laughs> yeah, best song definitely. in film. Which, well, you mentioned it. The soundtrack is actually incredible in this because I had that written in, and then all of a sudden, uh, Purple Haze is playing. Oh my god, this is amazing! And then Hey Mr. Fantasy is playing in the background, which is a song I was not aware of until it's the first song at the beginning of Endgame when it's kind of you're introduced to everyone who's still alive in Avengers Endgame. That song is in this film as well. And actually, you mentioned the score. The actual film music itself is yeah. great, and I really enjoyed the music and the uh, Cosmic Key. Which oh, shouldn't yeah. they get out of that? Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, the music is a, I don't know if it's a 10 out of 10, but it's certainly maybe an 8 out of 10 for me for the music my, in this my, film. My really kind of high point is, is earlier is like the sets are absolutely amazing. Yeah. And it's like, even like the costumes, 99% of them are pretty good unless they get really close and they get a bit shit like Skeletor's face. Um, but yeah, then it's they just decide to. Yeah. But then they just decide to pull back and then it's just all this shitty CGI, which. Which still holds up, to be fair. It's not horrendous, but there was no need for it because the sets look so good. Don't pull yeah, back yeah. and just add more shit in. Painted scenery around yeah. about it where it looks like it's kind of pulled on, doesn't quite look right. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, He-Man's nakedness 
kind of made me uncomfortable quite a lot of times. Like, he didn't really need to have as little clothes on as he did. Like, I know He-Man's He-Man, but I mean, like, is he always just running around in his pants? Like, I feel like he had a bit more. Is he not like another that? guy, like Adam or something? Like ah, that? he's Adam. He's a prince, Prince Adam. But he's never Prince Adam in this. Yeah, which confused me. I was assumed that he had. And I, I remember like watching like the, the, the cartoon and all that, and like Duncan, i.e., the Master of Arms, is like he's a bigger guy. He's just a skinny little old dude. <laughs> That's like that. That was probably the first time I actually properly laughed at loud. <laughs> I discovered that it was like He Man, Skeletor, Tila, Evil End, and it just Duncan. <laughs> and like, why, why Duncan? <laughs> of all the names in all of the universe, if she becomes good. Does she change her name to Goodlin? Goodlin, yeah, yeah Goodlin. <laughs> uh, uh, right, I, I, we're on Earth now because living in a box happened. Yeah. So, uh, my first high point is actually the kind of the bumbling idiot mercenary gang chasing Julie in the gym hall and out into the scrapyard. And then the not bad kind of shootout that they have, but I think it's a scrapyard. I'm not actually sure. It was literally just right next to like shops and houses yeah. and all. It was just a random bit for them to play fight in. But that whole series, that sequence was actually really quite good and I quite enjoyed it and a bit of action. And Courtney Cox is, is actually pretty decent in this film. So I thought she did pretty well what she had as well. So yeah, I enjoyed that scene from the, from the, the gym hall fire out into the, the shootout. And then the bits with the idiots are like, they outnumbered us telling Eva Lynn and she somehow has like... I did like that, yeah. yeah. I did like Beastman and the other little dude. But Blade's like, he, he's the weakest of the lot. Well, I felt bad for the bad. lizard thing getting va- uh, like evaporated. Oh, he didn't really yeah. do anything bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, every time I saw him, I was just like, that's a predator. They've just made a predator. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Blade, it would be better. I don't know if Andy's got to do it later on, but if it had been the actual Blade from the Blade movies, that would have made a big difference. <laughs> oh, that would have been a different sword fight. Has <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyone else got a, a, an early-ish or midpoint high? Uh, the cow. It kind of goes through the whole film, I won. Like, uh, the no. best thing I found about this movie was how clumsy everybody was. Did <laughs> you notice, like, right near the start is the kind of stormtrooper guy tripping over a boulder? I don't think I noticed. Never even seen that. Oh, he tripped over a boulder. And then they flipped the scene and did it again. Right. <laughs> and I flipped it back and used the scene three times. <laughs> Never even noticed. <laughs> and later on, when He-Man rips like a door off or something, puts a door in, a metal gate falls on top of his head. <laughs> and as he runs through the door, his sword falls off his back. <laughs> and it just amused me as how much of it they kept in. Yeah. All this shit falling apart. Because it's the master of the all the terms that no, like, I know. <laughs> you don't know. It sounds like he was dead nope. sitting in the screen when it happened. I'm, I'm interested in the story. I know. I'm thinking, oh, what's he man thinking? You're not looking at his back to see what's falling on him. <laughs> but, uh, that thing, like the thing falls off, he kind of holds it with his head, and he looks at this person, and as he turns in, the sword just goes blip off his back. Now, my, my, yeah. my other high point is the cow. Like, we finally get some cow communication. I was well happy with that. <laughs> I, I literally laughed out loud when all of a sudden there was a cow there. I was like, we just cannot escape. These same things just keep turning up. There's no reason for it to be a cow. It's just like, oh, like, oh my God. Yep, uh, the cow got a pop in this one. household as well. God, I lost. Um, in terms of bits of the film, uh, my next high point is is essentially um, we're already at Skeletor on the throne with me. Uh, pretty much his... I don't know, Shakespearean monologues were very enjoyable. I'm not exactly sure I understood what he was banging on about half the time. But a bit where Skeletor's on the throne, He-Man's captured, and I, I really enjoyed the whip. Like, you can see it's painted on, or it's a cartoon, or whatever yeah. it's going to be. Actually, really, it was quite satisfying the way it had been, like, painted on. I quite enjoyed that. that whole... how everybody else was, like, shocked, and, like, even Skeletor was like, oh, can I watch that? And the evil lion's just staring at it. Like, ah, she she, yeah, she wanted to be doing that. She would whip an E man. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the actual throne room stuff uh, is definitely a high point for me. Which, but I might as well go straight on to my last high point, which is the thing I've prepped both of you for. I sent you both a video. <laughs> he man has Skeletor defeated. He man stands over and <laughs> Skeletor. It's over. And Skeletor goes. Yes. For you! And then attacks him. <laughs> immediately made me think of there's an internet right. meme video thing I sent to most guys of this old man getting carjacked and he does <laughs> he pulls the same gag on a how to defend yourself if someone tries to steal your car is you uh, pretend to have a heart attack and attack them. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed that bit because it made me think of that. I like the ending as well. Although 
it's another bit that's just literally Star Wars. Most film is just take a bit of Star Wars, kind of sprawl in Jordan, and then get the character from the He-Man cartoon series, yep. and that's what this film is. But yeah, heavy, heavy Star Wars throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is it's not a terrible thing. It's not a bad thing to copy. But uh, that's my last bit of the film that I've got as a high point. I've got a couple. I've got one more sort of theme. I'm, I'm out. To be fair, I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I'm out. You may as well carry on. The last high point was listing everybody except Dolph Lundgren do the acting around about him. I think quite early on they realised Dolph is the shit. <laughs> like, we cannot... <laughs> we're not called the film He-Man, so we'll reduce all of the He-Man bits down to about 10-15 minutes of the film. Let's just... We'll write in some actual humans, we'll give them a storyline, we'll make sure there's like, a group of baddies and we can follow them around. So it makes sense now. Actually yeah, they work yeah. pretty well with what they've got, and then Dolph to stand there and brood a little bit and look muscular. I thought that was well planned, I think. But yeah, letting the good people act around about him, I thought, worked pretty well. Because also, it puts him and Skelter on a slightly kind of higher, I don't know, plane up on a pedestal. They're, they're super duper people, all these minions, and all, they can worry about But it's coming down to good guy A and bad guy A, and they're going to fight at the end. So I quite enjoyed that aspect of it. And, that's my last high point. That don't make sense. Let's probably get another point for that. That explains um, how <laughs> it now makes so much sense. We started, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, on to point three. Well, we get better get through the low points. It might take away a point if we do that. So low points. Uh, Chris, I feel like you've had the least to say with a high point. So you might uh, go yeah, my first low point was Andy's first high point, like the opening credits. Like, no disrespect to the actors that it happened to, like Dolphin, Frank. Like they were playing the two main characters, and all they got was a plain blue screen and no music. Yet everyone else gets the big fanfare of the Superman music. I don't even know backdrop. <laughs> eh, backdrop. <laughs> you know, it just pops up blue. Dolph right. Lundgren, Frank Langella. It's and like, then it kicks into the film. It's like on a money-saving uh, attempt. They just took, they were an answer on Jeopardy. You know, the answers when they get <laughs> up on the screen. We'll just borrow that off of the TV company and we'll whack that off instead. But yeah, it was very, very bold, but also at the same time, plain. Yeah. Go on, Chris. List them. Oh, I've got loads of thoughts. I thought, I thought, I thought you would. That's why I'm letting you say them. All <laughs> oh, right. Well, my next one is... Strap in. Like, yep. <laughs> like, yep. You could tell that Dolph Lundgren was really green at this point. Yeah. Like, but he, he did all his own fighting. stunts. <laughs> Which was... This. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I've why got... I like, zoomed in in his face so you couldn't see him swinging this floppy sword about but, yeah the first fight between him and the goons like the whole thing that my, my question was, was were they on a different I feel like they were filming on a different day like we'll get all the bad guys to react to fighting <laughs> and then we'll to come in on Tuesday and he could do his half and we'll just cut it together I don't think you ever saw who he was attacking in the same shot as him at any point in the first fight it gets better like the fight at the end of ah. Skeletor is much better, but yeah, this first yeah, one... Yeah, he's getting a bit, like, a bit more used to it. <laughs> uh, and that was my first low point, Chris, so I don't know. If Andy's got any, why don't you jump in with some now, Andy? Uh, my bit is, like, when they actually go to Earth. I know it's needed in the context of this film, however, I'm actually quite enjoying it. It's like, all right, okay, right, they've got to take Castle Grayskull back, that's pretty good. They're sticking with the comic, well, the, the, the cartoons here, I'm, I'm with this. And then, the whole bit where they go to save the sorceress, they pretty much are there. They've almost finished off in 10 minutes. And then suddenly Skeletor has a plan of going, haha, I'm actually here. And then <laughs> they decide, I know, let's just jump through this random portal and go to, like, I know they didn't know it was Earth, but the film was almost over in 10 minutes. It would have been a nice yeah, little cartoon, sorry. Yeah, a little 10-minute one put on, put on Netflix. Uh, on the subject of the cosmic key, uh, something that annoys me, this is just me being pedantic and the son of an English teacher, but uh, the wee guy whose name keeps escaping me, Gwildor, the cosmic key, quote, is the most unique key in the universe. Now, you can't be an amount of unique. You're unique or you're not. You can't be on a graded scale of uniqueness. So it's the most unique key in the universe, except there's actually two of them. So therefore, <laughs> it's one of the least unique keys in the universe. And his, because and his was a prototype or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's they not actually the one. wasn't the, the working one, operational one. But that annoyed me. But yes, I remember as a kid... I think that's why I didn't get into the film was that the entire thing was just set on normal Earth. Yeah, than the fantastic. That's, that's what annoyed me about like being like He-Man. Well, I know it's not called He-Man, but Masters of the Universe is okay. They've finally shown a bit of the universe, but it's Earth. I know what that's like. 
give me another planet. I want something different. And then kind of go on. They on with Eternia because the Eternia sets were absolutely bangers. Yeah. just kept it there. It would have been Yeah, just a war trying to get to Grayskull. But pretty good. Different sections of that. And they need to get the cosmic key or whatever. Then that's still universally sorted. I already lost enough money. I don't want to spend another couple of million on sets. Because I don't think it would... They were already built, though. They could have easily just done it in the quarry. And then done it in (laughs) the throne room. But my... Yeah, my other low point is actually carries on with the key stuff. Is how the fuck does everybody know how to use that? Like that little <laughs> dude definitely didn't give Skeletor the full walkthrough and how to one track another one somehow magically. Yeah. And like, I don't know, I can't play a guitar, and there was about a million and one buttons on that thing. It was just banging them in. Really, I think. Yeah, he was just pressing any old thing. That's a, the humans just randomly started pushing buttons, I guess. But yeah, you're right. The, the alien people all know how to do. It. Goldor obviously invented it, so he knows how to work it. Yeah. like, there's only two keys. And Skeletor's got one and Gwildor had the other one. So how did the assassins get back from Earth? Shut up, Chris. <laughs> did they bring it with them? Or did they... Well, no, because when they arrived, Skeletor's got... Yes, he's got it around his waist, yeah. He doesn't let, it go, he doesn't let go of it. So Skeletor could have opened it from his end, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. I don't Either know way, works, to be honest. it's another thing with the whole... He really knows how to use that. He can make portals just appear. <laughs> Uh, while we're on it, I, th- I didn't actually put it in low points, but I- it's definitely on my nominations. I will try and find it. Uh, I've nominated for worst plan, but I'll bring it up here. So I'm talking about it. It's at the end of the film, but it involves the keys. At one point near the end, Skeletor has one of the keys, and Eva Lynn has the other one of the keys. As they get there and successfully, they-, they come to Earth and they have both of them. So instead of the two of them just going back and being like, "There you go, He-Man. You're stuck on Earth, this planet that you don't know where it is." And you can't get off that because they've not invented space-time <laughs> travel and all that sort of stuff. They go looking for He-Man for some reason. Because they want... Is it just, he needs, he, oh, no, he needs yeah, He-Man he to show... Wants him, he wants his power. Well, not so his it's, power wants it's not that. It's also to like defeat He-Man on Eternia. Yeah. yeah. So the people... Towards like, the end, you can tell it's like an ego thing. Like, I, yeah. I, I need He-Man alive. I need him to see me win, essentially, is what it is. But yeah. I thought, essentially, you've won here. Like, you, like he is the most trouble you're ever going to have, regardless of how much power you have. So just abandon him there. Disappear <laughs> back off to Eternia, and you've won. You don't have to see He-Man ever, ever again, I would imagine. Unless yeah. Gwildor invents another one, I guess. But uh, but yeah, that that was a, a a point I had to pick as well, which I will nominate for worst plan later, but we can argue then. Um, my next low point is Kevin. I think it's in... Uh, Courtney Cox is a Julia in, in her house. There's a whole bunch of Burger King boxes there. <laughs> he just he just bungs them in the sink. <laughs> like why? <laughs> just put them in the bin. Like, uh, are you going to wash them? <laughs> why are you putting them in? Like what? I found a weird piece chicken in the microwave. Why well, yeah, do that? I, I don't I just eat it cold. I don't eat boned chicken anyway, so I wouldn't. I don't think I, I would microwave. <laughs> but yeah, his fast food kind of I don't know manners or what you call it <laughs> keeping is, is strange. But yeah, I, I could not work out why just bunged. But like obviously maybe Burger King paid for the sponsorship and was like, oh well, don't just throw <laughs> our boxes in the bin. And that's all you see of them. Just <laughs> them in the sink. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I've got a couple others. Has anyone else got any? I'm sure Chris has got a few lined up. He's got. Um, those. Yeah, Teela's utterly pointless fourth wall break. Just look at the camera and once you see, I think it's a woman power or something like that. Yeah, it's progressive. But like, well, yeah, no, we didn't have to like break the fourth wall. Just this, is, this was trend setting back in like 1987. There are a few times when people look straight down the camera when I don't think they're supposed to. <laughs> like <a> bad direction. <laughs> this was on purpose. It was but, yeah. the whole like woman person doesn't bother me, but you didn't have to directly look at the camera yeah. and see it. Yeah, it's just it takes you sexist, Chris. We know it. Well, why would I, pick I bet you, I bet you're the type of person that hated the the Avengers Assemble when it was all female. And you're I mean, like, I don't know. Oh. I my eyes. I rolled my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got another low point. Uh, Gold Skeletor. Go? No, just no. Yeah, like, I'm like, uh, oh, yeah. here we go. Super duper gods, powerful Skeletor. It's like, what is he wearing? He ends up looking like uh, some of the Scorpion King. <laughs> I was thinking for the Power Rangers fans out there, he looked like Goldar. Oh, what yeah, it? that's a thing about actually. Um, Skeletor and Gold. Goldar. My final bit is right at the very end is like, why would they send Julie back to before her parents died? Like, be nice. See, her parents have died for years and she's made a life. She's got, I don't know, she's had a kid or something like that. Would that kid just like disappear? She'd, I don't know. She didn't have a kid. 
He's, <laughs> I think he's been. He's, he's thinking the future here. I'll just got massive holes in the space time. <laughs> yeah. Multiverse. Like Marvel's already explained yeah. how this works now. It's fine. Well, it just didn't make any sense why you just send it send her back then. Like I mean, it, all it those makes... years afterwards, it's been pointless. Well, we don't know how long it is. It could be shortly after. That's the thing I was trying. I tried to work out. I wanted to put in the quiz as essentially the final question: How old is Julie? Because I have absolutely no idea how old she is. <laughs> like she's not in high school. Because she's at the high school for the dance, but that's just because Kevin's performing at it. And she was in a job, but she was just leaving the job, and she's able to live in a house on her own, but her parents have just died, and she they died because she didn't go to the beach with them, which seems like a kind of kid thing to do. She was clearly living in the same house as them. So I was like, how old is she meant to be? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, so yeah, there's issues with that. But I think, I think it was quite a nice ending. I thought, oh, there we go. They, she helped them save the day, so they essentially gave her the one thing she wanted back. I thought it was a nice ending. My, my low point's actually the end. Like You like that bit. But just before that, when He-Man does the whole I have the power bullshit, that annoyed oh. me so much. Cause I mean... It, it just no, just no. The fight was good, but I've got yeah. like, my last look, my final thing I've just got written down is Dolph. It's the last one I've got. <laughs> he fits really a theme. Bad. He fits a theme. He looks the part, uh, and that's where it ends. Even <laughs> him saying, I have the power, and I'm like, okay, that's that's nope. He-Man. I remember doing that as a kid when I had a toy sword, I hold it up and do all this sort of stuff. Yeah, it, but it's, it's, he, he it's usually like says he that and turns in from Adam to like He-Man. He was already fucking He-Man. I already have the power. <laughs> <laughs> I've had the power the whole time. <laughs> I know, I've had the sword sitting here for fucking ages, I've just not bothered to use it. If he did that in the first ten minutes, we wouldn't be talking about this film right now. It'd be over. I don't know if it's picking holes in it, but Skeletor... Is reasonably powerful on his own, I think. I can't remember if he's got any superpowers as a character. I'm not sure if he's just like a badass skeleton guy. But <laughs> he is powerful. Then he has like the sorcerers under his power. Then he has all the powers of Grayskull. And then he has the powers of the lunar, whatever you want to call it, portal thing and all that. Then he gets the sword, has all the powers. And then he man just beats him anyway. And it's like, what use was any of this? Like, what a waste of your time and effort, Skeletor. Yep. <laughs> it's like, He-Man is still better than you. Which is my one of my low points is Skeletor towards the end. Is he delusional, misinformed, or just underpowered? Like, one of those, like, either he was told all the stuff was going to help him and it didn't, or he just is not good enough to do it. But yeah, I thought his entire plan falls down the end where he gets everything he wants and it still loses. It's a, a terrible, terrible plan. Uh, any more low points? Nah. That'll do us then. Crack on with point number four. On to point four is the stats. I kept track of the usual statistics. Uh, there were two shits in the film, both said by, I was called Mr. Strickland, uh, <laughs> but James' name is escaping me right now. Tolkien. Tolkien. Yeah, Tolkien. Uh, James Tolkien, uh, Mr. Strickland from Back to the Future. He said both of them. No F-bombs whatsoever, because it's a PG film. Explosions. Now, again, I'm not doing a little bit of farty kind of sparking. That's not an explosion, but there were 13 It started off with an explosion, actually. Did we count that one? Yeah. Yeah. That's how how you start a film. Explosion. Explosions is the beginning. I had a a check mark there. Normally, it's someone peeing or a cow early on, but an explosion. (laughs) Deaths. Quite a difficult one. Not easy to keep track of them because there were a lot of minions taking bumps off of nothing. But I think 54 deaths. Uh, I did have Skeletor as a death, yeah, but I did watch to the end of the credits. Did Chris watch to the end of the I credits? I did not. Ah, <laughs> he was done by that Chris, time. Chris missed the first ever Universal post-credits. There was at the very end, uh, Skeletor pops his head out of some pink goo. And ah, it just, as I was looking for was... a background, I, I seen that picture. And I was like. <laughs> What the fuck's that? Someone's like a movie. Right. So normally, <laughs> normally in the podcast, I do movie references and parodies and all that stuff. Skeletor pops his head out of the goo, and literally two years after Terminator came out of the cinemas, he just goes, "I'll be back." Down the camera in a straight rip-off lift from the Terminator. Like there's no other way to describe it. Then he took a popular film from a year before and said the main catchphrase. <laughs> the end. So yeah, he pops up. And he never back, was. And then that. Film the film never happened. Um, I read a little bit of trivia. I don't know if Andy's done any trivia reading. Have you? Have you got all nah. your back knowledge? No. Um, so they, they were going to make the second one. It was going to be called Masters Universe 2. I think it might have been called Cyborg or something like that. But then obviously they didn't 
uh, didn't make it. And in the end, a production company bought all of the costumes and stuff that they'd saved for it and made a film called Cyborg that has Jean-Claude Van Damme in the lead of it. Is oh, that, right, yeah. That film essentially is like I know, the bastard child of Heat. <laughs> nice. Because they'd all the stuff, and so they sold it off to make that film. Anyway, and back into the stats again. Usual quotas. There was a cow, and there wasn't a goat. Did we have a dead no, animal? No, 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 there was a goat. Was there Skeletor a goat? Skeletor's staff is a goat. Head. Fair point. Fair point. Aye. A goat's head. And that, that would be a dead animal, if nothing else. So, yeah. Fair it's enough. It could be a dead goat. Uh, I don't think anybody peed in the film. I don't think at any point. I reckon peed in the bushes incident. when they arrive, because I would have like used the toilet. You got to wonder what <laughs> your insides going through. Like yeah, I don't know how long that actually took, but if I'm flying through space, I don't want to pee in the multiverse. So I'll pee when I arrive. <laughs> it's such raining on a different planet. Uh, if that's what rain is. I, we successfully made it through a film, I think, without a paedophile, the devil, or the KKK. I think I mean, Skeletor might be quite quite close to the devil. Maybe Evelyn is maybe the devil, but I think uh, we did okay. Uh, did they say the thing? Did they say Masters of the Universe? Yes. No? Uh, at 1 minute 25 into the film, they say Masters of the Universe. Uh, it's the guy at the beginning. Oh, uh, at one point, Skeletor says that he will be master of the universe, but not masters of the universe. And did they say the thing in the film? Did they say, I have the power? Yes. Twice. I said it twice. That was the catchphrase I was waiting for. Uh, yeah, that's I was, it. I had that recorded. Yeah. <laughs> I might say it quite a few times. Yes. Uh, Chris, any other stats? Uh, I've already mentioned one. Like, they use the same scene three times. <laughs> uh, also, like, for someone who is famous, for using the sword, he uses it six times. Yeah. <laughs> he uses a gun nice. and a blaster most of the time. Yeah, he has a gun. Does, yeah. <laughs> it's a gun. I don't remember him ever using a gun. It's always his sword. Yep. But... And then he just he gives up on it. Ah, sword it back to the sword. <laughs> <laughs> and a random stat: uh, Christina Pickles and Courtney Cox would go on to play mother and daughter and friends. Well, mm. uh, I, had, I had that mentioned in my notes somewhere as well, yes. I wonder, if, uh, I wonder if it was a link. I wonder if it was because they knew each other or if it was just a complete coincidence. Uh, Andy, I may have a feeling where you're going to go with this. Uh, most pornographic scene in Masters of the Universe. Right. Imagine, say you, say you were friends with Courtney Cox, okay? It's Courtney Cox. And you're like good friends. And then you're just like, you're watching her change while eating fried chicken. <laughs> like... <laughs> That was the pornographic scene right there. Oh. Uh, I thought it was going to be the ribs, but yes. Well, no, that, it's that woman standing watching. Courtney yeah, just that woman standing there, just like eating fried chicken, watching Courtney Cox get changed. I was like, I would love to be her eating fried chicken. To be. <laughs> uh, I mean, Dolph Lundgren's outfit is pretty close to being uh, X-rated, but um, I reckon we'll it was stoppage. Oh, <laughs> somebody takes on the cutting room floor. Oh, there's a bollock. <laughs> well, they kept them for Omar Julie and Mummy, so might have kept them. <laughs> what nationality is he? German balls or uh, Swedish? Swedish balls. <laughs> Swedish balls. <laughs> IQ balls. <laughs> right, 0.5 on the ten point podcast. It's a ten point podcast. Right, can we just throw this? I'm throwing it. Chris can uh, win. I'm, I'm I know, you might win this one because I don't. Oh, I can't remember. I've not. I've tried. No. I've tried to set you up some easy questions again. I'm I, pay, that you can... I have not paid any attention to this film at all. Right, see how you get on then. This is, there's a two, this is a two-part quiz. Uh, the first half of the quiz is one format and the other is... It's kind of, we'll get to it when we get to it. Higher so, or lower? Question one for... Uh, Andy's first question. And I'll, I'll try I'll be lenient. What makes the cosmic key the most unique key in the universe? I.e. what does it open? The universe? Like worlds in the universe? Uh, can open a doorway to anywhere. I'll give you a point for that since we're trying yeah. to get a win. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> what, what does Gwildor introduce himself as? He says, I'm Gwildor. I am... Uh, Keymaker. Uh, no, he is a locksmith and inventor. You're not ah, getting a point for that. The Keymaster, key that's what I would have said. <laughs> Quickly on, Andy. Where is Courtney Cox first working when we meet her? Or meet her when we first... Well, I don't want to say English is working when we find her. Robert's Chicken and Ribs Shack. Yeah, and Robert's Ribs and Chicken. You've got all the elements there. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'll get uh, two points to Andy. Uh, Chris. In the film, we're introduced to Skeletor's Finest Warriors. <laughs> Can you name me three of Skeletor's Finest Warriors? Blade. Correct. Sarud. Correct. 
uh, Man Beast. Oh! Uh, Carry on. You're wrong on that one. Beast Man. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, the Beast Man. Or as I kept calling him, the Beastman. Beastman. Uh, the Beast, what was the last one? And Karg. Karg. Uh, I can't remember he's, that one. He's the one with the hair metal mullet, is Karg. Nice. Uh, but yes, you got the others. Sauron is the, the one that... When I heard it, I was like, did she say Sauron? I got <laughs> yeah, that's why. It kind of zooms in on his fancy eye at one point. It's like they're just lifted from Lord of the Rings as well. <laughs> the Sauron. Right, 2 1 to Andy. Next question for Andy. Can you name me one thing that Gwildor uses in order to fix slash make the cosmic key at the end of the film? He needs three keyboard. things. Can you... A keyboard is one of them. The other things I wanted were a bosonic tesseract or an octode rectifier. Uh, <laughs> but you, you got keyboard. So that is <laughs> of course it Chris, next question. What theme was the seniors dance? Around the world fantasy thing. Around the one thing I've got. Yeah, I was like, what a weird way to create around the world fantasy. It confused the hell of it when it happened. It was like, why isn't it like like the, what do you call it, Statue of Liberty? And then there was like the Eiffel Tower. I was like, why is that there? And I was just like, what? It's like, all right, that's actually, that makes sense. Eiffel Tower. And then it was like, what the fuck's going on here? What a theme. Around the world fantasy. Yeah, strange one. Right. The second half of the quiz here. I'm going to ask you each in turn. Okay, Andy first, Chris second. And you should tell me yes or no. Was the character I give you in the cartoon series Masters of the Universe? Oh. So either a yes. So uh, Andy's got a one point lead at the moment. So Andy, was He Man in Masters of the Universe? Yes. Right. <laughs> Chris is Chris. Rolling. Was the little guy in the background? Was, <laughs> was, was Skeletor in the Masters of the Universe, Chris? Yes. See? Everyone gets easy questions. <laughs> Was Gwildor in Masters of the Universe? No. Correct, he was not. Uh, they they replaced... What's the, what the wee guy's name that floats around? I yeah, I can't remember name. him. Yeah, he was a mag- magician yeah. dude. That kind of floats. Uh, he he was replaced with Gwildor for some reason. They all float. Uh, Chris, was Duncan Man-at-Arms <laughs> in the animated series? Yes. He was. I don't know if he was called Duncan in that. But he, he is. Yeah. Man-at-Arms. Okay, this okay. Uh, one point lead still to Andy. Andy, was Evil Lynn in the animated series? She is. Yes. I would guess, yes. She was. I think she's called something different most of the time, though. Oh. Um. <laughs> the one you missed earlier was Karg in the animated series. No. Correct, he was not. Still a one point lead. Was Monica in the animated series, Andy? No. <laughs> I'll put Monica. <laughs> uh, Julie, <laughs> Julie the, uh, from uh, Courtney Cox's character. Next, Chris. Blade. Yes. He was not. Ah. He did not move. I think, it's, I think it's just about over then. Andy, Tila. Tila uh, yes. She was that definitely cleans it up. And Chris was Beastman in the anime. Yes. He was as well. <laughs> but it was all. Already in the books, Andy wins eight to six in a quiz. Yeah, boy. Um, the tiebreaker was going to be how many years in jail are the good guys threatened with by the police? Uh, that was the, the tiebreaker. They were threatened six. with 850 years in jail. What? That's what? what this was threatened with. I don't know why. I don't know why you flicked that number off. But, uh, yeah. but hey, an actual win for Andy in the quiz. After him trying yeah. to forfeit. <laughs> so there we go. Quick quiz over and done with. Point six on the podcast. Movies within movies. I've mentioned most of my ones, so this references or rips off from Star Wars, Flash Gordon, Lord of the Rings. I've got Ben Hur, and this wasn't me, this was on the internet. The Cosmic Key tune that it plays, I was told it references the Ben Hur title music. So I checked it out for myself, and yes, it quite literally references right. the, the tune. It's almost note for note the main bit. Uh, I've got The Predator, because that one looks like The Predator. Back to the Future, that's not just because of Mr. Strickland, but because of the, the time travel bit at the end. Invasion of the Body Snatchers is mentioned. Terminator is literally the ending quote of the film. And the last one I've got is, Thor the Dark World is literally this film, <laughs> I realised. <laughs> that if you think about the major elements that there is in Thor the Dark World, this is yeah. the same as that. Even in terms of, like, it has to be a big lunar thing that all comes together, and then there's the bad guy with a white face chasing after the big blonde <laughs> hero, and then he goes to Earth and finds a human girl, and even the kind of relationship that Cat uh, Denny's character and the guy have in Thor the Dark World is very similar to this as well. It's like, yeah, Thor the Dark World ripped off Masters of the Universe, I believe. 
Never not good. Difficult for this one. I couldn't really think of anything, so I put Jimi Hendrix music in a film. It's, it always Living in a box. Well, Hendrix. Living in a box was good, but it doesn't always work when Hendrix always works. Uh, Chris, oh, what have you got? Always works. Movies and movies. <laughs> um, the only guy I could bother looking for was Blade, was a clown in Batman Returns. Uncredited as terrifying clown. I don't know how he's hey. uncredited as terrifying clown. But yeah. uh, the name Blade makes return from the guy Blade. It does. Another one I've got on that note is one of Nobby's kids in Grimsby was called Skeletor. I found that internet. I was like, oh my god, a Grimsby reference to the internet. I need to, I need to put that in. <laughs> and how about recasting the. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm all of the clumsy stormtroopers because I am really clumsy. And for a change, I put you fighting Andy because it's always me fighting Andy. So, Bruce. <laughs> Uh, you're He-Man and Andy is Skeletor I'll take, <laughs> I'll take He-Man uh, I went down we had to be the bumbling idiots I'm afraid for me so I don't know why I just I pictured Chris as Karg as long as you have of the <laughs> I thought about doing that <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be that uh, Andy I think you could be Blade just because I know you like you like Blade the most like actual Blade uh, so I'll be Beast I'll be Beastman <laughs> because I, I just, I'll do it for the Predator one because I like Predator there you go. okay we'll go that way uh, as long as you still wear the mullet that's the yeah, yeah. only Andy, any other recasting notes right this one's controversial right it's never been done in the history of my recasting but I'm going to take Dolph Lundgren out than literally anybody else in and I think it would be a better <laughs> film oh totally yeah it would change it for the better regardless <laughs> doesn't matter you, you name David anybody Schreiber? it would work just name name somebody <laughs> could you imagine David Schreiber there you go other let me find. But David Schwimmer is he? <laughs> it works. <laughs> or even it's a better film. Extra point already. Brilliant. Yes, amazing. Uh, Andy, point seven on the podcast is your trigger warning. So do warn anybody here that's listening. Andy could come up with anything that could trigger you here. Right, I didn't really have that. Like, it was really hard for me to find a trigger warning. However, I did find one. Bad parents. Ah. Because they decided... She's not very well. She doesn't want to go to the beach. We'll fuck off on our plane. Like, I don't know where they were going. Like, because I thought, all right, they went on a plane to holiday. But no, I find out he's a little pilot or whatever. So he might have only been away for a few hours. At Catalina. So I think that's the island off of California, I think. So he's probably going to be away for a good few hours. If not, he's away for a couple of days because he's a prick. And he's left his ill daughter, like, well, fake ill, but you know what I mean. That's pretty bad. Like, if she is, whatever, 14, 13, 15, anywhere between 14 and 35, <laughs> she is an undisclosed age. But bad parents, they just annoy me. If she's Chris. old enough to have to, like, lie about yeah. say, oh, I'm, I, can't, oh I can't do this because Yeah, the parents quite clearly have control. Did she say that she was ill or did she say I just didn't want to go? No, she, made she, she made an excuse, yeah. I'm pretty sure she was ill or something like that. So, yeah, her boyfriend that she wanted to break up with and now they're all lovey-dovey again. Yeah. That came up in my when I was researching. The, like one of the the story was that they were spending their last day together, her yeah. and him. I thought the two of them were leaving together because they like so they were very pally. They were never getting too emotional and all that sort of stuff. Like I know it was a bit at the beginning when they find the key and all that. But I thought they were saying bye to her parents and that's why it was like that. But yeah, I never once got the feeling the two of them were on on, on the the outs. I don't know if Kevin noticed uh, realized that she was leaving without. <laughs> I hadn't thought that far yet. But yeah, just in but general. Go I've on. literally got under Andy's trigger warning with a question mark after it, vegetarians? Because there's a very preachy there bit was. about... She was, yeah, uh, you're right, because she is a vegetarian as well. Because that was going to like... Outraged. I literally forgot about that, but yeah, this is an early vegetarian vegan film right here. Trends, yeah. But she still did keep the meat in her mouth. Always <laughs> yeah, keep the meat in her mouth. When you're hungry. <laughs> hey. But no, bad parents, they just annoy me. Uh, I did not dick. nominate... I did not nominate uh, Monica Geller's dad for worst dad, so I thought, eh, <laughs> really. It may have been his fault. We didn't know. Uh, it, so. It's a bit bad nominating when he's dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, right, on to point eight, our nominations for, the actual nominations that we are nominating uh, for the 10 Point Podcast Awards, which I realise now this is episode 12, I think, of the season, so we're beyond halfway there. Yeah. I'd better get started soon on compiling. I've not gone first in a while, so I'll go first. Uh has to be living in a box by living in a box. Yeah. Uh, for best oh, song. I went for Purple Haze instead of living in a box. Yeah, yeah it's a better song. But I did. I, Memories. I living in a, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, 
We need to debate most unexpected. I did not expect to see Monica Geller's mum in the film Monica Geller was in, like Cox. <laughs> I did not expect her to be there. Then when I realised who Kevin was, I was like, oh my god, it's the guy from Voyager who like yep. drives the spaceship. I was like, yeah. I was not expecting him to be in anything ever, and he wasn't I've in anything. Seen it, so. Um, and then I did Mr. Strickland, old James Tolkien himself, playing essentially the same character, <laughs> but I'm a cop now. Uh, does anyone have any anyone want to pick out? An I'll go for Monica's mum because it took me a while to recognise that yeah. she was Christina Pickles. Then she's definitely yeah. most unexpected. But yes, none of them I expected to see. Worst acting, Dolph Lundgren probably <laughs> yep. went to the pointy. Uh, Castle Grayskull for best sets. I, I would say that. Man. Uh, yeah, I'll go for that. I put it in in general, but uh, I've got under worst accent. I've got Dolph again because I'm not actually sure what he was going for in an accent, <laughs> but he man, like, it was just like, his natural. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's got a worst acting nomination, so I don't. This doesn't need that as well. I've got best score. Yes, I'm nominating for best score because apparently we have that award. Best hair. Duncan's stash. Is the best hair. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was a good. <laughs> Uh, worst hair, definitely Karg's mullet uh, has to go down. <laughs> Most obvious name, making a return, Evil Lynn. <laughs> I said, oh, it's right there. <laughs> you can't be a good guy if I told that. Best supporting, I put Cody Cox in. I thought Cody Cox was actually pretty good yeah. in this film. It's, to be the normal human in amongst all the madness it was quite difficult. Uh, before we get on to the, the, the main awards, best Jimmy, <laughs> James Tolkien. <laughs> I, when I see a James, I've got to nominate yeah. him. I thought he was pretty good. This I thought he gets way more to do than he does in Back to the Future, does, uh, does Mr. Strickland, does Detective Lubick, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but on to our top awards, I've got three nominations for the top awards. Best Inanimate Object, Cosmic Key. Has to be a front runner for best, yeah. uh, best object. Best bell end, Skeletor goes without saying. And then I've got worst plan, Skeletor and Evelyn finding both the keys and then deciding to not <laughs> just leave He Man where he is. And that's I got a lot of nominations. So who wants to pick some uh, ones? I'll go for or something or that you've not done. Mm-hmm. Best costume. I'm going for Evelyn. There's something about yeah. her costume that's pretty good. And I remember being a kid going, actually, she's quite hot. Yeah, so, yeah. The, uh, the she's got crazy eyes. Yeah, yeah. But the whole costume—they just—they all work. The ensemble. Where yeah. Skeletor's looks quite good from a distance, but when he does all these close-up things, it's just a really shit rubber mask. It's weird seeing like black fabrics pops out. Like yeah. his nose, you see, sticks out, but it's made to look like it's not there. And <laughs> I was like, that doesn't really work. <laughs> yeah. But no, evil in best costume. Uh, biggest Bell End Award. Skeletor. It's he is a he's a bit of a dick there. Uh, best entrance. I'm going for Dolph Lundgren arriving on Earth because I don't know if he noticed it. It's a very quick scene, but they all kind of go through and they all kind of like you see them kind of fly out, and he does this awesome forward roll, but it's really shitly CGI'd. So he just kind of pops up <laughs> straight away. Yeah, it's a majestic entrance he does there. Uh, and then I think everything else you've covered best sets and all that I agree with and everything. Uh, on you go, Chris. Uh, well, I've gone for best costume of Skeletor, but well, up it's Skeletons. Skeletons. <laughs> uh, okay, my best performance was Meg Foster's Evil Lynn. Aye. I thought she's she's pretty best good. I did like her. All right, well, I'll, I'll bump Courtney Cox for her. Uh, she she was best supporting. Aye. 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 Can't say Evil Lynn was leading. Nah, the she film was the main. She was she was the film. Yeah. She was the film. She was actually yeah. the main bad uh, guy, really. Was, when you think about it, yeah, actually doing things, yeah. Uh, my worst plan was Julie's. Um, my mum's back from the dead, so I'll just hand her the one thing that my friends are trying to keep safe. <laughs> this is stupid. Like, how, how would you think my mum came back from the dead and just knows about the, the cosmic key? What was the cover-up? Was like, oh, we've been doing some super secret stuff <laughs> yeah. that I couldn't even tell you about. How <laughs> we need to <laughs> I suppose in the, the heat of the moment, like, this bizarre stuff is going on that you did not even think was possible. And then there's your mum, and she's like, "Oh, actually, this is what we've been doing this whole time." It's eh, not a massive jump, I don't think. But yeah, you're sitting there with like kind of face palming, like, "Oh, don't give up." Uh, my final one is worst cop is Lubick because he was an actual shit cop, <laughs> and then ah. just abandons all of his friends to stay with some random woman he met after <laughs> like that. at the end. Yeah, she was. You actually see another one. I spotted this, Chris, and I'm at the end, when he's all like, oh, yeah, I'm going to stay. I've got a lovely woman. And he turns to her. And as he turns back, she thought he was going for a kiss. 
So she kind of goes for a kiss, and then he comes ah. away, and she's all awkward, like, and is lurking. It's <laughs> 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 really weird. Uh, no one's mentioned special effects. Are we agreeing that they're good, fine, indifferent? They're all right. They're of his time. And it's yeah. they still hold up, actually, in the grand scheme of things. Chris the lightning's probably the best lightning I've seen. Yeah, the lightning's good. Uh, Chris mentioned the, the, the hoverboarding thing, which... Uh, it's awful now. <laughs> No, especially when He-Man, when everybody else is on it, it's fine. When He-Man's on it, it just looks stupid because he just <laughs> was, doesn't move. There was something about I don't know. It, it, it seemed to work for me. I don't know what. It, I don't know why. There's something about the, the special effects in this film. I think this film would be better if it just took He-Man out. It would have worked so much. Oh, oh yeah, just yeah, the Masters of the Universe, and then He-Man comes in the sequel. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who defeats. Make, make it all about Duncan. Duncan <laughs> and a Master of the Universe. <laughs> There we go. That's what they should have made. Uh, okay, then. On to point nine. The moral of the story. What lesson was Masters of the Universe trying to teach us? Chris, what have you got as a moral? Uh, don't talk when everyone's scared her because you'll put you to work. What was it? Evil Lynn says, I was not suggesting that I go. He said, well, you should not have spoken then. Hmm. So don't speak around her because he'll make you work. Do not criticise, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got, if you find a UFO or some weird thing in the bushes, keep a hold of it. Because... Like they went through some shit, but they pretty much she got her dead parents back because she found like a UFO in like a bush somewhere and all that. So I think the moral story is: if you find, don't give it to the authorities. You keep a hold of it, and someone important will come looking for it. Well, she uh, did, and but he stole it. Who stole Ludic it? stole it from them. Yeah, he did, I suppose. But he got it in the end as well. He was happy. He was living on a eternia <laughs> with a, a woman trying to kiss him. Uh, Andy, what <laughs> Ribs and chicken, the ultimate combo. <laughs> the ultimate combo. <laughs> Never be defeated. Uh, on a point 10, the 10 point rating, we're in rate the movie out of 10. Let's go alphabetical order because we've all seen it before, I think. So, Andy, you picked it, you're going first anyway. Right. It is a bit shit. It doesn't hold up the more you watch it. There's something about it, though. It, there's potential. There's so much potential here. And it's, it's not all the way shit that it should be like right at the bottom. So, I'm kind of, it's below average, so I'm going for a 4. Or for Andy. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I'd, I'd, upon sitting down and thinking about it before we started, I gave an extra point. Which means I've gone from a four to a five because everything Andy says, I don't know what it is, but this film has something about it. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's I agree. I watch it. Yeah. There's it's nothing not as good about it. Yeah. It's not bad about it. It's just like, but then also everything's shit and everything's great at the same time. It's, it's yeah. a bizarre thing. I don't know. So I can't go. I, I had a four, but I thought, no, actually, I would watch this again. I've watched it, uh, most of it twice, which I don't always do. <laughs> uh, I stuck it on tonight, kind of ran out of time because we recorded a bit earlier, but I did watch the first hour and the, the, the last bit. So, uh, yeah, I give it a five. I think it's a fine film that is fine. So there we go. Chris, what have you got? For uh, <laughs> Here we go. I found it really boring, like, especially when they get to Earth. If they'd stayed in this, like, Eternia, it would have been a lot better. But like any, I found any attempt at humour, it just fell flat. It was like, it wasn't funny. Yeah, like, I laughed at jokes in it. I laughed at things that I was like, oh, there's a cow and all that. Yeah. <laughs> um, like you've mentioned, they've copied so much from other things like Star Wars, and I didn't know about Terminator. Straight <laughs> from Terminator. Even the lightning bolt thing when they're travelling through portals is Terminator yeah. as well. Uh, like Dolph Lundgren is He Man and Look Alone, and that is it. Can't act, <laughs> especially well. Maybe nowadays you can, but in this film you can't. And I didn't think think the special effects aged well at all. Oh, uh, I just didn't enjoy it. Oh. I'm giving it a two. A two, because it's not the worst film I've seen. But <laughs> it will get a two purely because I forgot to mention this. I pissed myself laughing when a, a trooper tripped over trying to capture He-Man. Like, do you know he's crashes his little hoverboard? He right, like, yeah. tried to step over it and he went bang, face planted. <laughs> this is why it's hilarious. Yeah. Chris watches films this bizarre way. He knows he does. Like, he, he knows the background only. The background is right in front of me. <laughs> I, was, I was in the store, I was trying to work out the story. It's like, Chris is like, oh, that guy's fell over. Oh, that guy's fell over. You've missed plot points, Chris. That's why you're not enjoying it. <laughs> I've watched it like twice this week and I missed the him tripping over the first time. I was just watching this time and I was like, he just fucking fell over. Wait a minute, let's go back and watch that. And he, he tripped over the spaceship and just went bang and face planted. So, yeah, it's a two. It's a two. But I will yeah, say I, to kind of round it up with everybody, this is not a He-Man film. 
you know, the, 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 my points are purely on mass of the universe, nothing to do with the mythology, the comics, the cartoon, or anything. That's my round off. <laughs> Imagine what it could have been. Say, like, say you, in the old school style where Andy would do a modern version, everything's the same, but you put like Chris Hemsworth as, yeah. as He Man. How much better? Because he'd be funnier and he's a way better actor and all that sort of stuff. And I was, yeah, what this could have been if it was a good He Man would be better. I still think it would have bombed at the box office and all yeah. that. But I think, yeah, it, it's it's not all the way bad. Uh, official rating is a four, though. So it's pretty much where all our films end up is usually about four. Uh, that's the official 10 point podcast rating for Masters of the Universe. Not a bad pick, Andy. Uh, thank you for uh, bringing my, I don't know, my. And it gave us some shit to my... talk about that's all over the shop with good and bad. The last few yeah, films have all kind of agreed, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Andy's theme is The Expendables. We already know that. So uh, that was the Dolph Lundgren. Uh, and you've got two to go. So you've got one more, and are you going to do The Expendables? Is that what you said to us? Like you Who said? knows? So we don't I might carry so on for another, another season. Another, There's a lot of Expendables. Yes, <laughs> there are. Um, so it was Andy's pick this time, which means next time, or the current pick, I should say, is Time to Spin the Wheel of Films, the, oh. that we thought of a name for. No, we so, don't, and I'm going to try and work out how to do this again. Yes. <laughs> he finds our wheel. Um, we've had a few selections. Um, what have we had? Yeah, we've had the theme it was picking out for us. Oh, that's right, because we had hundreds of kids. Bad games or something, wasn't it? Yeah, ready or not. And, uh, can you see the wheel of randomness? We can see yes. the wheel. I can actually see it twice, because there's a smaller version on there as well. All so right, really I'll get rid of that. this. There we go. Right, uh, are we ready for the spin? Yes, right, I am ready for the spin. Not getting the funky tune this time, apparently. But well, there's funky <laughs> tunes. I can hear it. Oh, you can hear oh. the tune. Oh, oh. <laughs> what a, what a split that was there. What, what a pick! <laughs> what is the next one? <laughs> it was Tammy and the T Rex, <laughs> which was meant to be horrific, I think. So yeah, what's that? The Amityville Horror, is it? Is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nineteen seventy, whatever or something like that. Fits in perfectly for Halloween. Yeah, it does. Perfect. What the wheel of randomness knows? It knew it was the horror season. <laughs> Although it's hands down going to be the scariest film we do. I think. Like, <laughs> I think we've probably ever picked. Can um, I watch the Ryan Reynolds version though? Because I don't want to watch the yeah, old version. Thinking, I thought the scene of Amityville Horror. That's the one I thought was going to pop up. Is the is the wheel of names going to disappear now, or is it staying for the? Oh, I don't know. I don't episode? know how to get rid of the wheel of names. <laughs> yeah. How to get rid of the wheel of names? Can't remember how you got rid of the. But a few there more films there. Potentially be having in the future. Uh, I'm back. back. Yay. Um, yes. Amityville Horror, 1979 version, I believe it was. Yeah. Giving us some actually spooky to watch for next time. I feel I had something I was going to say before throwing to our outro this week. I don't think it was Good Journey or whatever it was. But uh, yeah, you all, everyone has seven days. Try and find the Amityville Horror. I'm sure it's somewhere with it being horror. Make season. sure you get the right version. Sure, the 1970s version. Uh, do we know who picked it? Because I definitely don't know who picked uh, it. I'm Azir Rachel. It's going to be on your. <laughs> it's one of Chris's <laughs> friends again. Yeah, he's the only one that's got uh, friends. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, seven days, amateur horror, seventies version, and we'll see you next week on the Ten Point Podcast. Uh-huh.